Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. Joining us this week is Patrick Reynolds, who is the Georgia University Program Director for the National Security Innovation Network, or as some call it, INSIN. Patrick has a unique and varied background, which helps him scout, support, and connect early stage tech and talent with the DOD. We'll talk about what data points Patrick assesses when scouting companies. We'll also dive into the inner workings of the relationships that companies and talent form with the DOD through Ensign, and also some of the misconceptions of working with the DOD. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, and let's dive right in. Before we jump into today's episode, let's talk a bit more about some of the happenings for the Valor team this month. We're actively accepting entries for Valor's Art of Inclusion annual $5,000 Artist Commission. Please share this with a rising Georgia artist who you appreciate. The deadline to apply is September 30th. And if you'll be in New York City later this month, Valor General Partner Lisa Calhoun will be on the main stage at Super Return in New York City on September 13th. Lisa will also be at the Georgia Association of Pension Plan Trustees Conference in Athens, Georgia, taking place on September 19th through the 21st. And if you'll be at either event, feel free to reach out and connect with Lisa face-to-face. And finally, the last stop of the Atlanta Unlocked Tour is taking place at Atlanta Tech Park on Thursday, September 22nd. I will be in attendance, so if you plan on going, please reach out, and I'd love to connect face-to-face. Now, let's dive into today's conversation. Patrick, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, let's talk more about, you know, you and Sin and your role with Georgia Tech, but I think the, the first practical place to start is, you know, tell us what Ensign is and then maybe tell us a little bit more about your role at Ensign as well. So it's, it's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, as you alluded, uh, Ensign is the National Security Innovation Network. Like all things DOD, we love our acronyms. But uh, at, at the heart of it, Ensign, uh, we're a Department of Defense program office. Um, if it uh, is important to your audience, we sit under the office of the Undersecretary for Research and Engineering. And really at the heart of it, our mission is building a network of innovators to create new solutions to national security problems, which is kind of a mouthful. But I guess what it boils down to is um, there's certain groups that have traditionally done great work, you know, solving DOD problems. And then there's a whole lot of other people who have, for various reasons, never thought to work in this space um, and never been involved in any projects. And that's kind of what we do. I mean, it's, it's in the name of our organization uh, with the network is kind of bring these two sides of the coin together. On one hand, you have the Department of Defense and the military and various problems and projects that they want to have solved. And on the other hand, you have these regions that we sit in, in my case, in the Atlanta ecosystem, and kind of plugging in both the the startup ecosystem, the university ecosystem, and just people that can deliver these solutions that maybe traditionally have not um, had access to working with the DOD. Got it. You're serving as this liaison connecting, you know, military and and DOD problems to, I guess, problem solvers in the in the world of academia and in the private sector, local to Atlanta and the state of Georgia, or is it just Atlanta? Yes. Uh, so in, in my case, I mean, uh, I guess I didn't give you a good sense of our overall structure. So I am the point person for the state of Georgia. I do sit here in Atlanta. You can see some of the buildings behind me in Atlanta right here. But uh, I'm the point person for the whole state of Georgia. So I've been in the seat here with Ensign just shy of two years. 
And so there's just so much that's going on in the greater Atlanta area that that's kind of been a lot of the focus on the startup and academia side. But certainly if there's, you know, there's, there's lots of great things happening out in Augusta and Athens and other parts of the state. So we're happy to connect there. And I am, uh, as you mentioned, this title, university program director, but I have colleagues all across the country that are in similar positions and kind of cities and regions of interest. So if, for example, a company was really looking to engage with um, some naval base like out in San Diego or on the West Coast, chances are pretty good that we have somebody within our organization that works closely there. Got it. So you're covering the entire state of Georgia, but you've got colleagues in, in similar roles across the, the nation creating this, this cohesive network um, that you all can leverage. That's awesome. And, you know, what's your background, Patrick? How did you get into this role with Ensign and working with the, the DOD in the early stage, uh, you know, tech ecosystem here in Atlanta? Yes, it's kind of funny. I have a little bit of a different background than a lot of my colleagues. I mean, Ensign, we do, I wouldn't say there's any common background to the whole organization, but many of my colleagues probably not surprisingly have either a service background or some sort of government agency working somewhere in government background. My background is actually a good bit different. I actually started my career as a cancer biologist uh, at UNC Chapel Hill. And then when I decided to leave bench work uh, myself, I spent the next about dozen or so years uh, commercializing technologies in that space. So I guess technology transfer would be kind of the common nomenclature for that. Working at a couple different offices and figuring out how do we, we're building things in the lab or wherever we are, how do we actually take these things to the next level? How does intellectual property fit into that? How does getting a, a qualified CEO to, to fundraise uh, fit into that? Uh, and also had the occasion to, during uh, some of that time, get involved with a very early stage uh, company out in Eastern Tennessee, a music technology company, um, and got to kind of run business development for them. So it's nice because now when I work with companies that are startups across, you know, various sectors, one thing to kind of hear the, the usual lines of do this, do that. But I've been through all that fun of uh, pitching to investors, thinking you understand your customers when sometimes you don't and really having to, to dive deep on the customer discovery side. And then I guess to, to complete the background, about two years ago, my role Role, uh, I was working over at Emory University and their technology transfer office, kind of focused both on technology scouting as well as working with startups that were coming out of the university to help them get early stage capital. And uh, this opportunity came in front of me. And functionally, well, sounds a lot different on paper. A lot of what my day to day now is finding you know, people, finding technologies, finding startups, so kind of scouting and finding funding to build those solutions just in kind of some different technology verticals. Yeah. So, it, you know, it sounds like you've historically been in, in people facing roles, whether it's, you know, adjacent to, to tech or not. But you have these experiences in tech scouting, finding startups, working with early companies out of Emory. It sounds like you, you almost have a, a truly unique but perfect background. For this role here, and you know, how does your background kind of transition or translate to your your day to day over at Ensign? You know, what what does a typical day for Patrick and team look like? Well, the good news is for me that I wouldn't say there's necessarily a typical day uh, that keeps keeps it exciting, but. I guess on a daily basis, the types of things that we're involved with. I alluded a little bit to this earlier, but it's kind of working between these two different worlds, two or three different worlds. So on one hand, um, I spent a lot of time meeting with, uh, throughout the state of Georgia, various uh, DOD groups or military bases, whether it's down at Fort Benning or out at Fort Gordon or up at Dobbins, uh, up near Marietta. 
kind of engaging with uh, key leadership there to figure out, all right, what are the problems that you're facing that you don't have good solutions to today? And then I come in and whether it's integrating with the university like Georgia Tech or working with, you know, startup companies in the greater Atlanta area to find maybe the, the problem that's expressed by this leadership in the military. Maybe they just need people to work on it. They need some smart, talented people to work on it. And maybe we can find those or maybe they've just maybe the solution to that already exists, but it's only available or marketed to the private sector, and they're just not aware of. With very little to to no tweaking, could be a great match to solve their problems. Right. Well, let's dive in here. You are on the front lines of you know this relationship between tech companies here in Atlanta and broader the state of Georgia and the DoD. Right. So as you were looking at companies, technologies that are solving the core problems that the DOD may have. What, what are some of the ways that you're assessing talent and discovering new technologies? Are there any tangible things that you were specifically looking for? There's quite a broad range. Um, if you look, um, anybody can, can, can Google these. There's Heidi Shu put out 14 modernization priorities across the Department of Defense. And without boring you reading out a long list of it, it's actually a lot of the focus areas for the Department of Defense are overlap significantly with what we see in the private sector. So things like artificial intelligence, machine learning technologies, cybersecurity, biotechnology, energy systems. Um, some get a little bit more focused on the DoD, like uh, space-related technologies. But by and large, a lot of it is kind of just playing this uh, at a large-scale matchmaker. And it can, it can really go either way, where I can be you know interacting with companies and, and working with companies in the area and just getting a high-level overview to what they do. Uh, and sometimes they're not even aware that their technology has huge applications for to solve military problems. Uh, or sometimes we're working on the flip yeah. side where the DOD says, we really had this problem. And I think I never thought that, you know, that's, that's a department, department of defense problem and that we can bring them in and kind of put the pieces together. So it, it's fairly broad. I don't know if that answered your question well. Oh, that does. And I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that some of these companies you're interacting with just aren't aware that their software, hardware, whatever it may be, could be a problem solver for the DOD. I'm curious, how often does that happen where you see a technology and enlighten the, the founder and the team about a potential new application within the DOD potentially? It, it happens pretty regularly, actually. Um, I mean, it's kind of the sweet spot for us as an organization, what we would just call dual-use ventures or dual-use technologies. So I think a lot of people assume, you know, you're a Department of Defense organization. That means you're focused on whatever comes to their mind, tanks or some very uh, military and application. And don't think that a lot of the problems that we're working on solving um, are broad ranging. Like I said, you know, some of those focus areas like AI and, and cybersecurity. And a lot of people just if they didn't necessarily have a background of working with the Department of Defense or if they didn't have some sort of family association where they've had some background knowledge of, or family member who's worked either in uniformed or civil service with the DOD, uh, oftentimes it's just uh, an educational opportunity if the company is interested in engagement. Right. That's fascinating. And I know you're, you're meeting with companies, connecting them, but I know that in, uh, Ensign also has a roadshow. Can you tell us more about you know, the roadshow that you all have and how often does it happen? What is the core purpose of this roadshow? Sure. So, uh, well, at the time we're recording this, it'll, it'll be in advance of the roadshow. I think this episode will probably air a little bit afterwards, but um, th that's fine. The, the purpose of this is really to 
uh, it's kind of twofold to keep Atlanta on the map, kind of on the radar of DOD funding organizations that uh, may not have traditionally done a lot of uh, deal flow in the in the greater Atlanta area. Uh, and then on the flip side, to introduce companies uh, coming out of the state of Georgia to ways to engage with major funders within the DOD. Uh, so in, in this space, uh, one of our organizations that kind of sits in a similar space, maybe a little bit later stage, is called DIU or the Defense Innovation Unit. Probably a good way to think of it is while, while we are oftentimes working a little bit earlier, maybe with uh, people coming out of a university or very early stage startups, they're really looking to sort of speed up that acquisition cycle for companies that already have, you know, a little bit of traction. And um, DIU is, um, they're, they're based on the West Coast, but uh, they've been interested in exploring kind of key cities across the country. What's happening here? Uh, how can we learn more about the ecosystem? And that's what this roadshow event is for. So it'll be a chance for both Ensign and DIU to kind of give a sense for a bigger picture kind of version of what we're discussing today. Here's the areas of interest and a chance for companies that are interested right. or entrepreneurs looking to expand into that space to learn how to. Yeah, you're bringing exposure to much needed exposure to a lot of companies that could work with the DOD and DIU as well. And do these road shows happen in you know the cities where your colleagues, the other university program directors are, or is there a certain few select cities where the road shows do happen. There's no set format, and there actually haven't been a ton of them to date, uh, to my knowledge. But uh, I believe all the other ones probably, I think it's safe to say any other place where there's been a roadshow, there's probably a strong presence um, from, from Ensign or DIU in that area. But you're right, it does tend to be kind of cities where there's just, I mean, we have a heck of a lot going on here in Atlanta, and there's a good chance to, to show it off and be able to kind of have a meeting of the minds between the funding organizations and um, uh, the people looking to build those solutions. That's what I think that this roadshow is all about. I love that. And been with Ensign for, I think you said about two years now. So you've seen the, the program blossom a bit. I'm curious as to what are some of the ways that you've seen Ensign, you know, develop and continue to help startups connect with the DOD? And then as you think about 2022, we're just over halfway through the year now and beyond, what's on the horizon that's exciting for Ensign in terms of maybe programming, partnerships, uh, anything fun on that front? Yeah, good question. So I guess it would be helpful to give like a high level overview to kind of the various areas where where Ensign work. And uh, I'm not going to bore you to tears with going down a laundry list of like, here's all the programs that we have. But broadly, we run a lot of programs and they kind of fall into basically three portfolios. Uh, so first one, national service portfolio. Think of that as jobs and internships. So a lot of time, we're actually just finishing up over the summer, our X-Force Fellowship, uh, which is where students either at the undergraduate or graduate or recent alumni level um, across the country get paired up full time over the summer. It's nice because this year we've actually had the opportunity for uh, students that are interested in it to be able to locate physically where these key DOD mission partners for us are. So to give an example, we have some down at Fort Benning this summer. We have several other Georgia Tech students at various other places across the country. And it's just a great chance to give them that real world exposure it's one thing to learn, you know, and, and universities do a great job of teaching them the fundamentals and uh, the, the, the tricks of the trade, but then getting them out there in person and dealing with the people who have these problems and working on customer discovery is, is huge. Um, so there's, uh, yeah, other hireathons we do, or if somebody's looking to get into civil service employment somewhere in the DOD, that all fits in this national service area. 
the second kind of portfolio is call it um, uh, collaboration portfolio, but just think of it as collision events where you get people on the DoD in, in a room and you get people in this academia or startup group in a room to kind of, you know, get heads together in the same space. So this is where we host our hackathons that we've, you know, run in, in various techno technology verticals. Uh, that's where we host uh, our course called Hacking for Defense, which is now at several dozen universities across the country. Easy way to think of that is for, you know, especially computer scientists, engineers, maybe some policy students. It doesn't have to be in one particular area or another. Again, getting into that key customer discovery and figuring out, all right, we're really good at building things, but let's make sure we're not building things that people don't actually need or that they won't buy at the end of the day. So that's kind of another uh, thing that kind of sits in that category. And then maybe more relevant to uh, the subject of this podcast, uh, the third portfolio is our acceleration portfolio, and that's really all focused on startup companies. As I mentioned before, it's not uncommon for us to engage with a great company. They might have great leadership have uh, a great idea for a game plan for how they're going to approach the private sector. And then maybe through a conversation, they realize there would be a huge market in the military. How do I access that? You don't just hop on Google and say, you know, military, how do I sell to? Uh, there, there's a lot of steps to that. And that's where some of the programming we have in acceleration for either for already existing companies to give them kind of the educational walkthrough or for entrepreneurs that are looking for technologies to build a company around. Um, we have two other programs that are taking IP assets either out of federal labs or out of universities, all with the goal of solving key Department of Defense problems. So they walk through that, they build a business case, and then, you know, to, uh, hopefully at the end of it, if it looks promising, maybe they move forward, maybe they license the, um, the assets uh, or kind of really come up with the um, sort of next steps for building that. So that's kind of the high level overview to a lot of the areas we're involved in. Getting to your point about what is what am I excited about in the you know in the coming years, I think broadly, really, we're just kind of at the tip of the iceberg uh, in in terms of what we're doing in the Atlanta area and across the state of Georgia. Um, there's tons of of great things happening at Georgia Tech and GTRI, and that's great. Um, but we also have so much more happening here. Between you know we have we have Emory University, we have Georgia State, we have Morehouse. Um, I don't want to just keep listing because I'll inevitably leave somebody that's a great university off. Um, but just broadly to say, um, there's lots of lots of projects that we have and a lot of these kind of build on earlier ones. So at the end of the day, what we want to avoid is just running through the motions and saying, let's run this through a course. We want to deliver solutions. And so it's always about planning. How do we get the next steps done? How do we get funding for this next stage? Who are the people we need to introduce to whom? Right. No, it sounds like Ensign, you know, has this truly comprehensive, you know, network of programs and cohorts that are helping these companies connect with the DOD. And you talked about the acceleration program, I believe, earlier, and that's sort of the educational piece for, you know, the startups that are wanting to sell to DOD clientele. And you and I, Patrick, have had, you know, several conversations previously where we've talked about this and how there are some misconceptions around working with and, and selling to the DOD. And I think you are the perfect person here to debunk what is fact and what is fiction when it comes to working with this type of clientele. So tell us the truth about you know working with this type of customer. Yeah, um, there, there's probably a good amount of false mis or misconceptions, and some of it's probably not entirely untrue, but 
as we dive into it, I mean, one we've already kind of alluded to, which is it's not all just, uh, I think a lot of times people think DOD and they think military, they think munitions, they think planes, they think tanks. Uh, and sometimes they don't realize that some things that might seem more mundane are, are very relevant to solving problems for the DOD, whether it's processing inputs, applying filters and outputs, the types you would think of in lots of different markets, those are applicable um, across the DOD. But I think one of the big problems that, or, or one of the big things that people think about a challenge of working in this space is pace is too slow. It's going to slow me down. I'm going to get caught up. Everybody's heard the stories about, um, you know, SBIR, Small Business Innovation Research Grant Factories, where a company kind of goes after this pot of funding, and then that dries up and they start to look around and say, how else can we pivot or change our company? And they keep going through this pivot cycle. Too many stories about that. Oh, yeah. Um, So SBIR um, can be a great resource, but also B, it's only one of numerous other funding vehicles that are available for, for startup companies or early stage companies in this space. And I Patrick, think- do you mind sharing some of the other vehicles that are available? I know you mentioned SBIR is probably the most popular vehicle, but also alternatives that may exist. Sure. I'm actually not the world's expert on this, but if anybody wanted to follow up after the podcast uh, with it, we actually have a whole separate wing of Ensign that's focused, we call it the transition cell on exactly this. So all, all these kind of experts coming from the DOD acquisitions world. But for example, um, there's these other things called uh, other transaction authorities or, or OTAs, not exactly a uh, super uh, clever or uh, innovative name, but it's just um, it's another type of funding vehicle that I think a lot of people are unaware of outside of SBIRs. And they uh, from the time from the time that the, the funding is made available until the time it can be distributed, is uh, can be much, much faster than people usually think about for like the SBIR cycles throughout the year. Also, the funding limits to them can be much, uh, much, much higher. And, and there's, uh, like I say, numerous other vehicles beyond this. I think uh, SBIR certainly is the most commonly thought of one. And even when we look in that space, there's various groups within the DOD, like um, uh, Air Force, Air Force Research Lab uh, has uh, what's called an open topic SBIR. So rather than that traditional problem we mentioned of how do we pigeonhole what we're doing into this call that we see for um, some proposal here, uh, what you actually do is say, all right, I think what we have built solves a problem that you all have. And it's really just if you think that's true, then you can apply for this open topic SBIR. And it's rapidly become one of the most, if not the most popular call areas for um, for these solicitations. So I think just various things like that are ways that we can help plug companies into making sure that you can get this money and you can get it faster and you might not necessarily have to change what your company's doing because that's certainly a complaint traditionally on the, the private capital investment side is that's great if you get that money, but we don't want you to slow us down as we move forward. Where um, the reality can oftentimes be that you can open access to huge markets if you can just kind of navigate the timelines. Well, no, that's helpful. I mean, as we kind of know, the DOD does have distinct advantages and there are some misconceptions around the, the disadvantages maybe. So I think that gives us a lot of insight into working with the DOD and the government. And lastly, you know, as we're wrapping up the conversation here, Patrick, I know you have some passions outside of, you know, working with Ensign that are focused around the, the music tech scene here in Atlanta. Tell us more about that and what, what drives your passion for music. 
Sure. As far back as I can remember, back when I was rocking the clarinet in uh, grade school, I've always been a musician. Um, and it's just uh, over the years been an important part of my life. And um, like I mentioned, new- years ago, I had the chance to uh, get involved uh, very early on with a music technology company in the music performance live streaming space and uh, became very intrigued and interested. And so as I've been here, uh, a lot of my role interacts with startup companies across lots of technology verticals here in Atlanta. Oftentimes, you know, when you're working with a particular company, you can say, all right, you are focused in fintech. Here's a group you should go connect to. You're focused on the DoD, here's a group you should go connect to. I kind of initially sought out, well, what is what is a resource for those companies in the Atlanta area uh, so they don't have to go, you know, drive a good ways away or fly a good ways away to things like there's great things for this, like in Nashville or in L.A. And um, after having a heck of a lot of conversations, realized, well, maybe I just need to start this up myself. So uh, that was the origin uh, just several months ago uh, of Make More Music ATL, which is exactly focused on bringing together entrepreneurs and startups, um, what I would uh, uh, kind of jokingly call mom or dad banders, you know, people who are uh, interested and have a passion in the space, but have made their, their living and their careers maybe in finance or running some other type of company or in the virtual reality space. So they have real domain expertise and maybe patent attorneys as well and are interested in sort of serving as mentors. And then the other leg of the stool is is investors that are looking to kind of broaden areas that they're interested in investing in. So it's really bringing that kind of critical mass together, get all these people in the same room to just build, build exciting technologies that are either music technology directly or that have applications for something in the music business. So I think by the time this episode airs, if anybody's interested, I don't have a a website for it yet, but um, uh, you have my contact info. If anybody reaches out, you can certainly point them to me or on LinkedIn. If you look up Make More Music ATL, you can access it that way. For sure. And, you know, that's a a great plug there. And, you know, if we have an audience member who's listening now and says, hey, I think my startup may be perfect for Ensign, and working with the DOD, how can they best get in touch with you, Patrick, to keep the conversation going? Yeah, certainly. I would love to have conversations with anybody who has questions in that space. Easiest way is probably if you go to our website, ensign.mil, M-I-L. Uh, it'll have kind of the whole group of people who are the whole staff list of anybody who's involved here. And just find me on there. Um, I'm, the, like I said, the university program director for Georgia. Reach out. I'm more than happy to have a discussion um, if you're in the area uh, and um, happy to meet up for a coffee or just have a call over Zoom. Love to chat. Awesome. Patrick, this was Truly an enlightening, insightful, and informative conversation as, you know, we dove into the various ways that Ensign brings exposure to startups through the, the road shows that happen across the country. We talked about what catches your eye when you're looking to connect startups to Ensign and DOD programming. And then also you really gave us the real on the fact versus fiction when working with the DOD, what's true, what's not, what you can expect. And I think that that really helps our audience understand, you know, what a working relationship with the DOD and Ensign could be like for their startup. So I appreciate your time today, Patrick. And this was a fun episode, man, and and looking forward to catching you around town. Absolutely. Let's do it. Cheers. Take care. We're thrilled to have you as an Atlanta Startup Podcast listener. To help you get the most out of the experience, let me invite you to three insider opportunities from our host, Valor Ventures. 
First, want to be a guest on this amazing show? Reach out to our booking team at atlantastartuppodcast.com. Click on Booking. It's a no-brainer from there. Are you raising a seed round? Valor definitely wants to hear from you. Share your startup story at valor.vc forward slash pitch. Are you a woman or minority-led startup? Valor's sister program, the Startup Runway Foundation, gives away grants to promising startups led by underrepresented founders. The mission of the Startup Runway Foundation is connecting underrepresented founders to their first investors. Startup Runway finalists have raised over $40 million. See if you qualify for one of these amazing grants at startuprunway.org. You can also sign up for our next showcase for free there. Let me let you go today with a shout out to Startup Runway presenting sponsor Cox Enterprises and to our founding partners, American Family Institute, Truist, Georgia Power, Avanta Ventures, and Innovators Legal. These great organizations make Startup Runway possible. Thanks for listening today and see you back next week.